Mary redeemed a $50,000 cash prize playing Chumba Casino this year. I was only playing for fun, so winning this was a dream come true. Chumba Casino is America's number one social casino experience. It's serious fun. With over 80 casino-style games to choose from, you too could win life-changing amounts of cash. Be like Mary. Log on to ChumbaCasino.com and give them a whirl. That's ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. Void or prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. The voice in the preceding commercial was not the actual voice of a winner. Drivers, start your Fans, welcome to the Lucy Radio Network and welcome to the Drafting the Circuits program. My name is Frank Santoroski. I'll be your host for the next hour as we talk about this week in racing and preview next week. Joining me in the studio, I have Richard Eden and Adam Schrack. Fellas, how we doing, man? Pretty good. Good, thank you. All right, so this is always a kind of a pretty happy time of the year for me, but it's also a sad time of the year because I always love seeing the IndyCar Championship be decided but it always it pains me that it's so early compared to the other racing series that we have, um, you know, because we'll be continuing to watch Formula One till almost Christmas and be watching NASCAR till Thanksgiving uh, and a lot of football as well. But there'll be no IndyCar till the spring. But uh, we do have the uh, championship weekend coming up. So tonight will be our IndyCar championship finale show. And we'll also cover that uh, Formula One race and that NASCAR race and uh, get you all the, the latest race news. But for you folks who uh, aren't familiar with uh, Adam Schrack, um, this is his first time on the show with us. Adam uh, runs a Facebook group called Elite IndyCar. Um, if you're in that group, fantastic. If you're not, it's, it's a great group to join. Um, even I believe it's endorsed by Marshall Pruitt, who uh, endorsed it in the in the in his mailbag one week. But um, it's one of the few Facebook groups you can join, and you can actually win prizes and stuff. Because um, so, Adam, um, introduce yourself to our listeners and talk about Elite a little bit, real quick. Yeah, sure. So I just grew up in uh, California, huge IndyCar fan. Um, didn't start going to races until probably eight years ago. Started going to Indy 500. Well, I go to races out in California, but uh, the big one was eight years ago. Uh, but yeah, I stumbled upon this elite IndyCar group several years ago and I joined. And eventually they realized I was so passionate. They made me an admin. And eventually I sort of took over most of the day-to-day running. Frank helps out too quite a bit. Um, we do a lot of fun stuff there. So I do a whole bunch of hustling, selling elite IndyCar merchandise and all the money we use for giveaways. Um, you know, we do race threads and practice threads and qualifying threads for every race weekend. We do meetups at the race. Uh, but the, other, the giveaways are one of the big things that separate us. I think this year I calculated we did about $7,000 worth of merchandise, which is by far and away the, the most we've ever given away. We gave away a whole bunch of die casts and not just current ones, but a bunch of, you know, two, $300 ones from the Roadster days and tickets to races and uh, hats and jerseys and posters and books. We gave away a two-seater ride with Mario Andretti, a bunch of signed uh, merchandise or pictures, signed Foyt diecast, just a whole slew of stuff, anything I could find with the profits we made. And then we do these giveaways. Uh, it's a real fun group. And 
I think one of the things that sets us apart from a lot of things on social media is we do not tolerate people you know, being disrespectful to each other. So it's just a passionate group where we can disagree, but uh, we can't be mean to each other. So it's a fun place to be. And I think we've sort of earned a, a decent following. And like Frank said, Marshall Pruitt even said, go to us in one of his mailbags, which was kind of a big coup for us. Yeah, I a, think a I, yeah, I think we're close to what? Close to 10,000 members, right? Yeah, we're small, but you know, when you're so uh, tough as we are about treating people respectfully, you lose some people <laughs> because some people just want to disagree and then call each other idiots. And then we boot those people out because we're not about that. So we have uh, you know, 9,000 people who are respectful and who like talking about IndyCar, you know, in a nice way rather than just being, you know, the way people usually are on social media. Yeah, yeah, a lot of really knowledgeable people in the group. We've got people that are former crewmen, current crew people, people that are relatives of drivers. We have a few drivers in the group, journalists in the group. Yeah, it's just a, a really knowledgeable base. I mean, if you ask a question in there, you'll have three people pop up with an answer real quick, and it'll be the right answer, you know, nine times out of ten. Right. So, Thank yeah, you. so. So, but speaking of IndyCar, so we did race at Portland, and Richard, the first lap wreck we predicted <laughs> uh, did not as, as it never happened which is uh really you know interesting for portland uh <laughs> you know and matter of fact we went 84 green laps before we had an incident uh but it was, oh, well, it was what an incident that was yeah. yeah we'll talk about that in a moment but the uh it was scott mclaughlin in the penske car winning the pole and and to this guy's credit he didn't put uh, a wheel wrong all day. His pit stops were perfect. His strategy was perfect. His driving was outstanding. And he, you know, dominated that race and won it in very convincing fashion. Again, this is, you know, here's a guy who's only in his second full season uh, in the series. He's got his third win uh, for himself, ninth win for Penske on the season. And he's got himself, he's still alive for the championship, although the championship battle is now realistically down to three guys, those being Will Power, Scott Dixon, and Joseph Newgarden. And um, like my good friend Joey Barnes always says, you know, we've never had a real good Dixon versus Power um, run for the championship. And we've got exactly that this year, you know. So this year has been just wonderful. You know, I've had a lot of good races, a lot of, you know, neat things going on. Um, but, uh, but to your point about the, the yellow, um, Rena's VK, I don't know what that was about. He's like, uh, booted Jimmy, Jimmy Johnson out of the way as if, uh, as if he wasn't there or, or, or he expected Jimmy to just roll over. I, you know, I know Jimmy's a little slower on the road courses, but it doesn't mean you should knock him around. So, and of course he got himself a, uh, a drive through penalty there, but uh, deeper in the field, we saw, saw some good action with potable ward. Uh, trying to grab some spots toward the end of the race. We saw a real questionable call uh, with New Garden, who uh, put the black tires on for the final stint. Now, Adam, uh, I know you, yeah. Yeah, you had a chance to watch the race. And uh, Richard, I know you had a chance to watch the race. Uh, you know, what were they thinking? It was quite obvious the blacks uh, were not coming in and uh, the red tire was the way to go. How, how in the world did, did Penske muff that strategy? Uh, and put new gardens on blacks where he just went backwards in the final step. Yeah, I, I don't know what they tires they had left over. I think that's one of the things that um, you know I, I certainly didn't catch during the coverage. You know, um, and I know at, at one point during the race, I think Will Power was saying, you know, other oh, blacks are better. Uh, but obviously, looking at all the data, 
run, you know, from, from everybody else. It's the driver doesn't, you know, they don't see that. They just know what they feel, uh, you know, probably contradicted that. So if they didn't have any brand new yellow, uh, sorry, yellows, geez, any brand new, um, you know, of the, uh, the red tires available and they were just purely going, you know, all they had was some scrub, then maybe they were looking at, you know, the long game there with, um, you know, they didn't want to blister the tires or, or you know, have them drop off. Um, you know, too too early in that run, but yeah, it was an unusual call, and you you have to feel that you know there was some reasoning behind it more than just uh, oh we've got a new set of reds and a new set of blacks out, so the blacks on. Well, and one thing Newgarden did say after the race is they weren't predicting the yellow, and I think that sort of you know they weren't expecting the field to be bunched up, and once that happened, and he was on blacks and everyone else was on reds, he was kind of a sitting duck there. Yeah, this yeah. is this is quite and we did, you know, we, we saw the questionable strategy with uh, with Will Power a couple of races back. Uh, so and again, you know, we've talked about splitting strategies and whatnot, but uh, I don't know. Are you, Richard, are you sure that Will Power didn't say, hey, tell Joseph the blacks are better? <laughs> <laughs> because Joseph, I like uh, think the guys on. Because Joseph came into this race th- three points behind Will Power, and 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 he yeah. left this race twenty points behind, uh, tied with Scott Dixon. So Adam, you have worked out the um, championship scenarios. Obviously, Will Power with uh, with the lead has the easiest path to it. So uh, let's let's just kind of break down the the numbers of of what would need to happen for one of these other guys to uh, to wrestle that thing away from Will. Right. So this doesn't take into account necessarily all the bonus points because that would take forever. Um, but it is certainly more possible that second or third who have the same number of points this year, uh, Dixon and uh, Newgarden could pull it off than last year. Last year, uh, award needed to finish in first to have any chance. And then he needed uh, Pelot to finish 21st, I think, or worst. This year, um, if either Newgarden or Dixon win the race, um, a fifth place finish or worse for power will give the title to uh, Dixon or New Garden, um, and actually Power could even finish as high as fourth. And if New Garden or Dixon get max points, they'd still uh, win the title. So uh, Power can have a pretty good day and still not come away as the champion. Um, of course, he has the far better chance to win than the other two drivers because he has a twenty-point lead. Uh, but it's still not a guarantee. He still has to go out there and have a decent day. If New Garden or Dixon uh, finish in second, he's got to finish ninth or better. To keep that championship if they finish in third he's got to finish in the top 14 so you know if he gets booted early on in the race and gets sent to the back of the field he's going to have to charge pretty hard uh given dixon or newgarden being in a, a high position of course if if they struggle if they're mired in fifth sixth seventh um then he's going to be pretty safe and in fact if they don't finish in the top seven they have no chance so if they're in the low bottom 10 the top 10 in there um he can just cruise around and, and be perfectly fine wherever he finishes, and even if they're fifth or sixth. So he's he's got a good chance, but uh, if there's a dominating weekend by either one of those guys, he's got to be on his game to make sure he doesn't lose the title. Yeah, the thing is, those two guys, Dixon and Newgarden, they need to be aggressive, but they need to be careful. You know, they, they, they can't afford to, uh, you know, get offline. Then, of course, then there's the, the Colton Herta factor, that being the fact that it seemed like every time we go to Laguna Seca, Colton Herta just, you know, makes his own personal playground, wipes up the field. So if you want to concede the win to Colton Herta, <laughs> uh, you know, that that takes the opportunity to, to, to win away from those other guys. So they need to... Will Power, uh, would, 
Willpower would sign up today for Colton Hurt to have the win. Because Absolutely, yeah. He only yeah. has to finish ninth. Yep. So, but yeah, you got to watch out for, uh, and again, anybody else to, to, to have a strong run, you know, Rossi's run good at, at Laguna. Uh, Andretti's, you know, been so up and down this year uh, with their performance. And then of course, McLaughlin is just on fire. I mean, that's another guy that can right. ju- jump in there, win that thing, but it'd still be a tall order for him to win the championship. I, cause he I needs that too. Yeah. He needs all three it. of those guys to get in some trouble. Well, he's in the, the award situation from last year. He needs to win the race and have power finish 21st or worse. And then he also needs Dixon and Newgarden to finish outside of the top nine, I believe. So he needs some pretty bad days for all three of those. If he wins, of course, he would pass. Um, uh, who am I forgetting in fourth? Uh, uh, is it a- award? Is it award? Um, I, 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 a, no, it's Erickson. Marcus Erickson. Oh, that's um, yeah. Erickson also mathematically oh, alive. Yeah. Right. But if, if he would or win the race, he would pass Erickson but he still needs bad days from the top three guys to have a chance. So uh, realistically, it's one of the top three guys are going to be the champion. Right. Almost, right. Then of course, the, the, the magic bullet for new garden is that he wins all tiebreakers uh, because he's got five wins on the season to uh, um, Dixon's got two. I think power just has the one and McLaughlin has three. So any, any tiebreaker is going to go to new garden based on the five wins. So uh, it'll be exciting to watch. I mean, Laguna isn't always an exciting race, but the fact that we have the championship scenario there. Uh, and again, you know, to, to willpower's credit, the guy has been a model of consistency this year. He's not the willpower of old, you, you know, where he, uh, uh, tend to get a little flustered, a little angry, make some mistakes there. Uh, this guy has consistently been on the podium nearly every race. I think you said his average finish is uh, 5.2 or something like that. It's like, I think it's six. Six. So what, yeah. we, what we could have is if you remember from Sonoma a few years ago when uh, Dixon won the title over pa- or, uh, JPM, um, when Montoya came in with a pretty decent lead. And he was in seventh mm-hmm. or eighth, and it was right down there at the the points as they run came down to the final lap, and it was literally if he can get from eighth to seventh or whatever the case was, Montoya would have taken the title, and he couldn't do it. So we could have a situation like that, that where Powers that? midfield could be very interesting the last few laps. Wasn't that the, the sort of silly situation with the Montoya thing when they had double points in the final race? If I remember right, yeah, I, yes. I think they were still doing double points then for sure. They only gave that up in twenty twenty, I think, or twenty nineteen. Yeah, it's like yeah, that that's just always makes it. I, I I'm you, Frank. You know, I've been on this. You know, we we talked. About this. I think double points in any race is a silly idea, especially the last race of the season. I agree. Yeah, yeah, it's, it's it's a gimmick. You know, that's it's unnecessary. To even and, and I understand. I understand the double points for Indy because they want that race to have that prestige. But to uh, mm. a, a point I read on Twitter the other day, right? Somebody had figured out the IndyCar points standings the last three seasons right um if you take all the oval races out and uh this significantly changes colton hurt is finishing um uh his uh his, his standings in the in the finishing order uh where whereas in the past three seasons he would have earned 66 super license points and it wouldn't be an issue right now with Alpha Tori looking at him for a ride uh, with only 32. So it just goes to show you how important uh, or how much the the double points for the Indianapolis 500 really sways the point standings there. Yeah. Oh, no, sure. And I, I you know, I, uh, from, yeah, I, I have very, you know, you, 
yeah, so we've, we've been over this enough times, Frank. You know my my view on that. Right, right. And also, you know, the number of, you know, the number of, you know, guest drivers, you know, not guest drivers, that's the wrong word, but, you know, one-off drivers that you see in the Indy 500, you know, taking points away from, you know, guys that should be scoring points and, you know, if they weren't there, you know, uh, it's, yeah. Yeah, like I think it. he had a, I was going to say he had a situation where I know Kelly tends to finish toward the rear, but it was something like Tony Kadan race 11 into the season was still ahead of of uh, Kellett in the standings because of the one double points finish that he finished yeah. well at Indy, which is kind of crazy, no matter how poorly Kellett's doing. The, he can't pass the guy because he has one double points race at, at Indy. Yeah, yeah. yeah. And same thing with Elio last year when he wasn't running the full season. You know, he won the 500 and he was kind of, you know, near the top of the, you know, the top half of the, the standings for most of the season. So, but, and again, look at, look at, look at Erickson has a, uh, you know, led the points through most of the summer until, uh, you know, the Will's consistency caught up. And, um, you know, and, and Marcus's did not. So, <laughs> all right. So let's uh, let's talk about Monterey then. And uh, go ahead and, uh, you know, let's, let's go ahead and make our predictions for race winner and champion. And uh, Adam, since you're our guest, I'll start with you. Well, like, yeah, it's hard not to pick Herta, though. Andretti has not been... It's <laughs> not been great this year. Um, I don't really, I haven't given enough thought to pick a winner of the race, but I do feel pretty strongly that uh, power is going to win the title. Uh, you know, anything can happen. You can get punted on lap one and the whole thing can go up in smoke, but uh, he's just been so consistent this year. I mean, you look at the first six races of the season, he was like third, fourth, fourth, third, second, first. Uh, and he's pretty much held that he's only had a few poor races. So I like his chances to win the, the title and I'm looking at this graph I made that shows all the possible finishing uh, scenarios for both uh, Dixon and New Garden and Will Power and it's shaded 80% of the possibilities uh, as far as where they could finish favor Will Power winning the title uh, so I think it's definitely gonna be Will Power's second title come Sunday night all right and who did you pick for the race winner you said you, you didn't I didn't give it a much thought. You put me on the spot there, but uh, exactly, I, I, I put people on the spot every week. That's what we do. <laughs> I I only been thinking about the championship, but I'll take her because why not? Why not? Okay. Uh, and uh, Richard, as far as you're concerned, pretty similar answers, I think, to both both those questions. To tell you the truth, uh, I think I all think, th- you know, I think, think all all three of us are going to take power for the championship. Yeah, yeah. I, I really, yeah. Oh so. yeah, for sure. I'm a gambler, uh, I mean, and I play the, the percentages. Race, yeah, I mean, let, let's let, let's go with ay ay ay. Let's go with Rossi for the race. I don't know, just picking somebody different, you know, for whatever it's worth. And I'll tell <laughs> and I'll tell you, I like for the race is McLaughlin. I, I do, you know, yeah. McLaughlin leading and 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 Will in a close second or third. Uh, you know that that keeps. You know, that's a team strategy to keep Dixon from winning. It doesn't help Newgarden at all, but it certainly helps Power to have uh, McLaughlin ahead of him rather than Newgarden. So, but uh, again, you know, all bets are off. These guys are all teammates. They all want to win that race, uh, and all three of them have been strong this year. So it's uh, I, I, you know, I just I don't see it going any other way than another championship for Penske and another championship for Will Power. But, you know, Scott Dixon is that guy you can never count out. I mean, he's got, he's got six of these things on his mantle, you know? So. All right, then. So. Yep. And other, other IndyCar news, obviously we touched on the um, Colton Herta situation. Um, 
where he Alfaturi has a, an agreement, uh, I guess, in spirit, if they approve the super license. Uh, and there's some differing opinions amongst the other Formula One teams there. Uh, some some are saying, oh, absolutely not. And others are saying, well, why not? You know what I mean? They Because uh, if you ask me, the super license points are, are way uh, too slanted towards Formula Two. I mean, look, Formula Two gives you 40 points to finish first, second or third. Um, and then, of course, IndyCar, you get 40 points for the uh, for the title. But then it's, you know you know, 30 points, 20 points, you know, it's a, it's a descending scale and why the disparity, you know, cause it's, cause it's not, it's not their own feeder. So th- that'll be really interesting to see how that turns out. But I feel like, uh, you know, if Liberty wants it, Liberty will make it happen. Richard. No. Yeah. I, I have sort of mixed opinions on this. I think a little bit, I think that, um, you know, I, I think looking at, at Herder as a driver, there's, there's undoubtedly speed there and a lot of speed. But the kid, to my mind, makes too many mistakes um, in situations where he shouldn't make mistakes. Um, you know, and Nashville last year, for example, I think he had, was it Long Beach this year as well? You know, it's just something's missing at the moment in his, Makeup in terms of as a as a as a driver in the long term, and does he deserve a super license? Yes, I firmly believe he does. But does he deserve the seat in Formula One? I question that. There's been a number of yeah yeah you're from you're, you're to Formula One. You are on record as stating that Hurt is not quite ready for Formula One, and and I do appreciate yeah. your opinion. But uh, at the same time, I, you know it's. Going into Formula One is it is something you can grow into. You know, you can get in there and not set the world on fire right away. But uh, as you kind of feel your way through and learn, learn the politics and learn the system, I think that uh, I think that he'll be okay. But but I could be totally wrong. Yeah, yeah. I I I hope you're right. You know, I'd love to see him go there, get a drive, and and do as well as we expect. You know, as we we'd hope him to do in terms of his raw speed um it would be fantastic to see but do i believe do i think that the weighting of the points is wrong yes i do i think indycar does deserve more points but to the same token do i think that you know they should adjust the points weightings to you know promote him i i struggle with that Uh, yeah yeah because making exceptions Rules are exactly. If you start making exceptions, then you know. the whole the whole reason for the, the the super license to begin with was to keep unqualified ride buyers out of the series. Um, yeah. But I would not. Oh, yeah. I would not classify her as an unqualified ride buyer uh, by any stretch of the imagination. No. So, Adam, do you have an opinion no. on this? Uh, only that I'm excited to see it happen because I think it'd be fun to see. Uh, what he could do, but I agree he does seem to make too too many mistakes. But if the whole point of the super license is just to make sure that qualified drivers are the only ones racing in Formula One, I don't think we can doubt that his skill level is up there to where he certainly could be one of the back you know, 10, 15 cars in the field. But um, how well he'll do, I don't know. But I'm just excited to see finally a, a current 
IndyCar guy go over there and at least give it a shot so we can find out. Yeah, it's been since mm-hmm. uh, Bourdais, right? Bourdais that... was the last one. Um, yeah, probably. Yeah. But do you not also think that there's, a, there's, a, there's a bit of a, a precedent here where if he were to go there and, you know, the FAA, you know, implement this, this you know, this, this waiver to allow him in there. And if he does well, great, awesome, cool, good stuff. You know, everybody said he was going to do well. But what if he struggles and you know, he becomes, and this is no disrespect to a Bordet or a... Um, Michael Andretti? Zanardi. Or, yeah, you know, and he goes there and he's just, meh. Then people are going to say, well, hang on, you, you, you've waited a system, you know, you, you've fiddled the system to benefit a kid who doesn't deserve a seat. And there's another driver that did deserve a seat that never got an opportunity. And I mean, th- that's the thing, that's the, you know, the blame, or not blame, but that's the accusation made against guys like Nicholas Latifi and Nikita Mazepin. You know, they were just put in there because of the money. And there'd be no doubt that Colton Hurst would obviously bring a lot of money to the Alpha Tari team with his, you know, from a lot of US backing. Um, so I, I just think they've got to be really careful here with the decision they make um, and, and the ramifications of him not being up to it. You know, it could be, it could sort of make that journey even harder in the future. You know, wait a year, get in championship. You know, we're talking about going into arguably the best series in the world from a driver's standpoint. And the kids never won an IndyCar championship. You know, Bordet won multiple championships. Nardi won multiple championships. I think Michael won championships. And just, you know, none of them were successful. So I, I, I do. Mm, I worry what could happen here for the yeah, long term. Yeah, he's definitely of... going to be under a microscope. You know, every 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 move he makes is going to be watched carefully if they fiddle the rules for him. So, but that's a developing story. That of course he could stay in IndyCar and uh, you know as attend attend as many test sessions and um, free practice sessions as he can because you earn super points, um, super license points for uh, doing those. Um, free practice session. So that's, that's a possibility as well. And then, you know, join the formula one grid in 2024 with the full 32 points, especially, especially if he has a good finish in IndyCar. So now, now Adam, I, I know you need to leave us. So I do want to thank you for coming on. Uh, certainly appreciate uh, your insight into IndyCar. Uh, you're very knowledgeable. And again, the group is elite IndyCar E L I T E IndyCar on Facebook. Go ahead and uh, check us out. yeah, check it out. Join up. You've got to answer a few simple questions. What's your favorite track? Who's your favorite driver? Um, and then we'll we'll take a look at you and let you in, and you know, join the great conversations and uh, you know, partake in those giveaways and whatnot. It is the end of the season, so things will slow down. But uh, you know, it's gonna be spring before you know it. Exactly. We'll ramp it up again next year. Um, All right. So uh, thanks, guys. I had a good time. Oh, thank you, Adam. I really appreciate yep. you joining us. Of course. So. Have a good night. All right. Thank appreciate you. it. Yeah, good to meet you. You too. All right. So, Richard, since we're discussing Formula One a little bit, and then of course the last, the last yeah. little, last little bit of uh, IndyCar news is that Scott McLaughlin has uh, re-upped his contract with Penske multi-year. Yeah. This, this much. should, this should not surprise anybody given the young man's performance no. um, and his, you know, he's been a Penske guy for a number of years, um, you know, through the uh, supercar series uh, down under. 
Uh, so that's uh, that's just going to continue uh, the good thing they've got going there at uh, Team Penske. There, they really yep. they really have uh, you know they're firing all on <laughs> all cylinders this year. Whereas, like it seemed like the last two years, right after Roger bought the track in the series, Penske had a few struggles, but now they're they're you know ironclad. So you better watch yep. out, oh, watch yeah. out for them yep. next year. I mean, McLaughlin's going to, oh, yeah. he's going to head into right. to 2023 as one of the championship favorites for sure. But let's talk about yep. this uh, Dutch Grand Prix where the yeah. uh, Max's That's army cool. was out there. And, and of course, Max won the race, Ooh, but it was, but it wasn't, yep. uh, it wasn't as easy as uh, some of these others he's won this year. So take us, take us through it a little bit. Yeah. I mean, it was, you know, Max's playground, really, the, the sea of orange, uh, you know, for probably the third race of the season, uh, you know, out there supporting him. And, um, you know, he, he drove a fantastic weekend, very few mistakes. Um, the strategy calls were a little bit mixed there with, uh, you know, the Mercedes guys trying to do it on one stop and, and Max trying to do a two stop. So it would have meant that Max would have had to have uh, passed Hamilton on track. We then had a... You know, virtual safety car and then a full safety car period, which didn't help Hamilton um, and allowed Russell to, um, you know, go into a more optimal strategy, which, which unfortunately sh- shuffled Hamilton back in the pack um, from being in. I don't think he'd have won the race if they hadn't had that safety car. I still think Max would have eventually caught him and passed him, um, purely due to the raw speed differential. But it certainly made the job a lot, lot easier for Max. Uh, on that restart there and you know Max coasted to that victory um, so another disappointing day for the Ferraris who fall even further back in the in the standings and um, yeah I mean it, 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 it looks very you know Hamilton-esque you know Verstappen's march to a second championship um, you know almost Vettel-esque if you like as well from a Red Bull standpoint but it was a, a pretty a pretty well executed race from the guys at Red Bull uh, you know, they did what they needed to do. They didn't make any mistakes. They didn't, um, you know, have any dramas, as I say. Even if that pits, even if the, uh, you know, the, the, the strategy hadn't played out quite the way we saw it, I still do think that uh, that Max would have uh, would have got that race win. Uh, yeah, I mean, you know, betting against Max uh, any week <laughs> is, a, is yeah. a tough one. The, the man has just been on fire. Uh, the car is wonderful. Yep. But then now there were some questions, right, about the lighter chassis that apparently Red Bull showed up with uh, after the break, after the summer break. Yep. Uh, and they're well, ki- kind yeah. of wondering, the question is, have they violated uh, the spending cap, which is kind of hard to really prove one way or the other but uh, i mean yeah. what, are your, what are your thoughts on this because uh it seems like nobody else has enough money just to show up with a new chassis after the break mary redeemed a fifty thousand dollar cash prize playing chumba casino this year i was only playing for fun so winning this was a dream come true chumba casino is america's number one social casino experience it's serious fun with over 80 casino style games to choose from you too could win life-changing amounts of cash be like mary log on to chumbacasino.com and give them a whirl that's chumbacasino.com no purchase necessary void or prohibited by law 18 plus terms and conditions apply see website for details the voice in the preceding commercial was not the actual voice of a Spring training is right around the corner. So come for the games and have a ball in Arizona. With world-class resorts, 
unbeatable dining and nightlife, amazing scenery, and endless outdoor adventure. Make your visit unforgettable. Plan your getaway at myspringtraining.com. Well, I don't think they have. I don't think they have. There's a lot of talk of them turning up with a new chassis, but I don't think they actually have. And I'll stand corrected if, if, if that's not the case. But, yeah, there has certainly been talk of it. Um, and it would certainly be interesting, especially after, you know, some of the comments coming out from people like Christian Horner about, you know, saving money and the cost cap and inflation over the last six months and the energy prices, you know, going up so much, it becomes very, very difficult. Um, so, yeah, I'd be, it, it, it's a very gray area. Um, you know, the, the concept of cost caps. I mean, one of the things that teams used to do in the past and whether they still do it now or not, I don't know, is, is take a, you know, standard component, for example, like the transmission and the gearbox. Um, in a, in a, a team like Red Bull's instance, where they have, uh, Red Bull Racing, which is the operational team, and also Red Bull Technology. Um, what would happen is Red Bull Technology would actually sell the gearbox to Red Bull Racing for like five thousand dollars. You know, I mean, these things cost hundreds of thousands of dollars. But you know, they'd say, oh well, you know, we spent fifty thousand dollars on gearboxes this year. You know, when in fact they really, from a Red Bull Technology standpoint, spent five million dollars on transmission. So that's one of the things they used to do to sort of mask some of the costs. Now, whether they still do that or they're allowed to do that or the, the FIA are, are a little bit smarter into that, I, I'm not sure. But, um, you know, it has been a difficult thing, this cost cap. Um, you know, you look at Mercedes, for example, were stating that their energy bills has gone, have gone up from £1 million to £4 million in the last six months. Um, and they're actually announced that they're going to be investing in a, in a solar, pal- uh, solar farm uh, near their their site in the UK to provide free and or cheap electricity to to their site, so in the future years they can use some of that money to further in, develop the car, which I think is a great initiative. And I think you know you almost need to be looking at the potential of giving some of these teams credit for for, for doing green initiatives and allowing them, you know, say start running solar farms and what have you for uh, for to create energy, then that would allow them to, you know, give them an extra million pounds on the cup cap on the on the budget cap or whatever it may be to, to really encourage some of these um you know incentives and activities. But um yeah, it, it it's a very grey area and I'm not an accountant and I'm certainly not a forensic accountant like like these teams in the FA will be using. So it there's you know, some of these teams will now be spending as much money on, on these accountants that can hide money than they are on engineers who can make the cars go fast. <laughs> and that's uh, the nature of the business, right? So, uh, yeah. Now, now, of course, the other controversy was that some folks think that um, uh, um, Sonoda, where he came out of the pits, he thought the tire was loose and kind of pulled off the track mm-hmm. uh, and then, then rejoined. Uh, which caused yep. the virtual safety car. Uh, there's some folks that accused them of staging that to help Max out. Uh, of course, the team no. team vehemently denied that. And, and I mean, if you listen to the in-car audio, I, you know, I don't, you know, think Yuki Zenoda is a, a, a great actor. I think he was genuinely thought something was wrong with the car there until they, till they ran the data and told, told him he was yeah. fine. Yeah. 
Well, you see, the problem. So I was, I was, I was actually looking into this and I was reading an article on this earlier today, and, and they had a differential failure. And of course, Sonoda comes out the the, um, the garage, feels some, you know, he does this hard, you know, aggressive, um, you know, how they pull out the pits, you know, it's almost like rear slide, and felt at that point, oh, yeah, something's not right here. I, and it was coming from the rear of the car, and you know it felt like a, a wheel was loose. So he's driving slowly for the rest of the lap, and eventually pulls over on the side of the track. Now, what he felt was to say the differential felt. Now, if you're driving slowly, the differential doesn't do anything because it, you know, both rear wheels are going to be spinning at the same speed, and you're not really going to notice it. Whereas when you would notice a differential failure is at high speed and high high sort of torque differential between the two two rear axles. So um, you know, in the data, they wouldn't have seen anything, especially when the car was stationary on the side of the track. You know, they're looking at live data. Um, you know, so no, and they they they're saying, look, we don't see anything wrong here. You know, come back round. So he came back round, went into the pits. They they changed the tires. All the wheels were on properly. They they fastened his seatbelts, which was that was a little bit sketchy on my part, where they actually he was allowed to drive three quarters of that with loose seatbelts. That was, um, Ooh, yeah, I didn't like that, but you know, it is what it is. I'm sure it'll be reprimanded for that appropriately. Um, but then of course, what happens is he does another aggressive slide out the pit box. And that's when they're obviously looking for these issues with, um, you know, the potential differential or rear axle. And they see it when he's doing that aggressive slide. And that's the point where they said, okay, yeah, we do have a problem. You know, stop the car. So yeah, these all these conspiracy theories. I'm sorry that they're, 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 they're not true. There, um, it may, you know when they explain what they saw, it makes perfect sense. All right. So now the other thing is that you mentioned the loose seatbelts, right? So are yeah. we assuming that he started to undo his belts uh, in anticipation of uh, being out of the race at that time? Yeah. So yeah. now, isn't there an F1 rule about that? That once you undo the belts, you're you're done for the day. Um, possibly yes, <laughs> and I think that's yeah. I was, was going to say that I, I was reading a few bits about that. Or certainly, certainly, if you get out of the car, I believe you're done for the day. Didn't we have a, a issue yes. like this with a uh, one of the Ferraris just recently? Where where uh, I I knew you had that issue. No, it was George Russell at Silverstone. Oh, that's right. It was George got Russell. Out of the car yeah, to see how Guan uh, Yu was, and of course he got out of the car, and then one of the marshals moved the car. It was, you know, oh, the marshal moved it, so you can't get back in and restart it, and that was all a little bit unfortunate. <laughs> yeah, yeah. So they, I mean, the rules in place for a reason, but uh, you know, when you're talking about yeah. checking on a fellow competitor who's you're you're really yeah. worried, worried for this guy's safety, and then you know the marshal touches the car, but I, again, rules are rules, like you know. Uh, like yeah. we said, but again, you know, rules are made to be broken sometimes uh, or amended <laughs> or, or or subject to a FII, F, FIA uh, yeah. board, board review, well, right? Yeah. So, yep. So, yep. Yeah, but, um, I, you know, another another fine performance for Max overall. Um, yeah. Uh, Russell on the podium. Uh, Hamilton, yeah, Hamilton was running in contention for a podium, and then he just well, he should have pitted for the softs, right? Yeah, they, they try, try, try to do the, the long it. game, and it didn't work, yeah, 
Yeah, and it was, uh, you know, and, and I always sort of, we've looked at this before, and it is a comment that I, I, I've made many, 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 many times. And I think that what Formula One needs to do is implement a a restart zone as per NASCAR um, for these races. I think when they allow, leave it up to the drivers, I think it can be, you know, messy. I think if you have a zone, I think it, you know, it removes a lot of the unknown quantities in there. And, and also it's a safety thing, you know, you're backing off to let the safety car get into the pit lane. And you see, we've seen at some circuits like Azerbaijan, they get pretty damn close to that safety car when they're accelerating away from their, uh, you know, launch that they've, they've created themselves, if you like. So I really would like to see them, you know, have a restart zone and that would, you know, maybe neutralize some of the advantages and disadvantages you get in those situations. Sure. Yeah, and absolutely. And then, of course, the virtual safety car has its own set of issues where, where the cars are supposed to maintain the, the distance before the thing, but not everybody is really good at uh, judging that. Yeah, I mean, and that's the other problem. You know, it depends where you get restarted. You know, if, if the virtual safety car ends in position A or, you know, timestamp A and you're in, you know, a certain location on the track, then, you know, you could be in an acceleration zone or you could be in a braking zone and it has huge impacts on your, your, your delta to another driver, for example. I mean, one of the things you could do is, you know, let the guys, you know, stay in their position and then they rest everybody restarts when they cross the start finish line. So, you know, you may, you know, the, if you're at the start of the virtual safety car, five seconds behind the guy in front, he'll pass the start and finish line five seconds before you do. And then, you know, you're both accelerating at the same point. Uh, I, I, I don't know. I don't know if that would work, but maybe it's an idea. I don't know. Yeah. So, um, so we're off to Monza. Yeah. This, this coming weekend. Yep. Um, we've got, uh, you know, this is Ferrari's home track. They're hoping to do well. Uh, again, Ferrari is their own worst enemy. <laughs> they, you know, they, they continue yep. to continue to shoot themselves in the foot. They, you know, they had, they had a pretty decent start at the Dutch Grand Prix and, the, and, and they were running pretty well for a while, but they just flubbed the strategy, you know, for lack of a better word there. Um, yep. you know, it allowed Mercedes to take the uh, second step on the podium, but, uh, Leclerc did finished third he does maintain second in the points although huge gap up to max um and this thing is going to be this is going to be one of them seasons where we uh you know the last couple races are garbage because uh the championship would be decided well before the season is over uh at this current yep. rate so <laughs> yeah i mean and and we've seen it before in formula one a number of times golly uh, if, if you recall yuck and rent 1970 uh actually yep had a fatal accident and, 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 but he had such the championship lead that, uh, you know, there were three more races after, um, rent, uh, passed away and he still won the title. So, yep. Yep. So, uh, yeah, I'm not saying I hope anybody passes away, but, uh, <laughs> I, but, but we've no, seen, but this is, this is an equally lopsided, uh, championship run, uh, for max considering that uh, Ferrari has been, 
nowhere close to challenging them since the first couple of races of the season. Yeah. So who do you like no, for Monza? There's been a few. I mean, yeah. So, I mean, with, with that, with that being said, I mean, is Ferrari gonna yeah be, be able to uh, win one in front of their home crowd? Well, it's a unique circuit, isn't it? You know, uh, it's the, the uh, you know it, it's the the circuit where they they run the cars in the lowest trim possible from an aero standpoint. Um, and you know, you you try and reference some of the other tracks with a similar setup um, aerodynamically, which is, is not many, but you know, you maybe you maybe lean towards a spa sort of aero setup with even less downforce than that. And Max is pretty damn dominant there. So I think it's I I, I do think that uh, Red Bull are going to be the dominant team again this week uh, this weekend coming up. Um, and I, I really don't think that um, Ferrari are going to have much chance, unfortunately. Uh, I would tend to agree. Yeah, Red Bull has been pretty good in every configuration, you know, fast tracks, slow tracks, <laughs> any tracks where there's Max. Yep. Yeah. So, um, yeah, it's, it's hard to uh, uh, bet against Max, but uh, it would be neat to see a Ferrari win in Monza. It's always, uh, uh, you know, when, when those sort of things happen, it's always just tremendous uh, for that fan base. Oh, and, yeah. and the, uh, you know, that fan base needs a little, they need a little boost, you know, it's been, it's been yep. disappointing, certainly after all the promise. And this is typical Ferrari, even if you recall when they had a uh, Vettel driving for them, they, they'd come out of the box strong oh, yeah. at the beginning of the season, but they just couldn't keep up with the other team's rate of development as the season wore mm-hmm. on. And, and I don't know if that's. And Alonso, and Alonso was there as well. Yeah. That, well, when Alonso was there as well. Yeah. So, I mean, you've had some really top solid guys. Uh, that just couldn't do much in a Ferrari. I mean, again, their last championship was what, 2007, with Kimi, yeah. and, and even oh, that, yeah, Kimi, and, yeah. and even that one was real close. You know, that was the, that yeah. one. That one could have went a couple of different ways. I think there were like three guys. Uh, I know Hamilton was three, Ham- yeah, Hamilton, Alonso, and uh, and, um, and um, the other Ferrari driver who was yeah, uh, and, and uh, uh, Massa at the time, wasn't it? Felipe Massa was actually leading, leading the points. Yeah, yeah. If Kimi was Kimi was the uh, the long shot and won the title. He was the outsider, wasn't he? Yeah. Yeah, yeah. yeah. And that was that was an exciting championship there, which we won't have this year. So, but no. <laughs> so we both like Max for uh, Monza. Um, so let's uh, let's yep. talk about NASCAR for a little bit. They were at Darlington. Yep. One of the uh, most historic tracks on the schedule, and would you know it, out. the 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 uh, one of the most historic numbers in the sport uh, in victory lane once again. Um, Eric Jones in the forty three, finally getting that two hundredth win for the forty three car um, that was made famous by Richard Petty. Um, you know, been a long time coming for them. I think their last win was. Uh, Okay. It goes back to I think Eric Amarola pulled one off. Yeah, yeah. And uh, before that, you got to go all the way back to when John Andretti won at Martinsville for them back in the nineties. Yeah. So, uh, so there's good mojo for that team again. They are you know outside looking in when it comes to the playoff. And we had a couple of guys that are in the playoff uh, that were expected to be strong that had had some trouble. And again, Darlington mm. is, is, is a the type of track that it's tough on the drivers. It's tough on the cars. It's exceptionally tough on the tires. Um, so, uh, but yeah, we saw um, Chase Elliott 
Mary redeemed a $50,000 cash prize playing Chumba Casino this year. I was only playing for fun, so winning this was a dream come true. Chumba Casino is America's number one social casino experience. It's serious fun. With over 80 casino-style games to choose from, you too could win life-changing amounts of cash. Be like Mary. Log on to ChumbaCasino.com and give them a whirl. That's ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. Void or prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. The voice in the preceding commercial was not the actual voice of a winner. Uh, getting into trouble early on. We saw uh, Kyle Larson get into trouble early on. We saw engine failures for, I think, uh, four of our uh, championship contenders had some sort of uh, um, engine failure. Uh, Kyle Busch, uh, well, Truex is not a championship yeah. contender, but he had a, he, he lost an engine. Um, I said Chastain had some uh, engine issues. Um, and Harvick. Now mm. Harvick, oh, yeah, yeah. Harvick yeah. had the car burst into flames, right now, and and this has been talked about quite a bit. Uh, this is about the third time we've seen a car on fire in NASCAR this year with the new car, and um, yeah. you know the the theory, of course, is that the these this undertray of the car picks up the the rubber and the marbles, and of course you've got exhaust ports on both sides uh, right there and then if something is knocked mm-hmm. loose something is knocked loose there uh that can set that rubber on fire and, and we saw it was pretty spectacular yeah. uh in in Harvick's case it started yeah. on the passenger side of the car and then and then before he was able to stop it it was coming out of both sides of the car near the exhaust and in that undertray area now i know nascar applied yeah. a uh a fix to it earlier in the season where they, they added a, a piece to keep that mm-hmm. um, exhaust from um, being knocked loose, but uh, uh, evidently we're still having these problems. So um, uh, yeah. you, have, you have any ideas so actually, on, a, on a fix for that or, or, or is, well, is a design flaw or. No. So, so today they've announced or this evening, I think it was uh, so well, at some point today, they've actually put out a bulletin to the teams to, um, allow for a um a, a different um coating um a sort of a lubricant coating should we say on certain areas of the underbody and the side panels just behind the front tire and the wheel wells which should prevent the amount of tire build that, that we saw at uh, at darlington for sure um you know it's not a good look for the sport it's not safe you know to start with but um you know again this is all part of the learning process for the teams and you know obviously the the owners and the teams and the drivers are all on board with the next gen car and this is just part of what happens uh you know when you're going down this route um so it's all part of the learning process for sure Uh, one thing that did disappoint me again from this incident was the length of time and the urgency shown by the safety crews to get to harvick's car was pretty poor um you know, we've discussed this a number of times and uh, one of our good friends, Seth uh, Eggert and myself, we were talking about this on some other issues with, with NASCAR safety. You know, they, 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 I would personally like to see the safety crews get to the car a lot faster than they did. Uh, you know, you look at the guys at the, at, you know, and I use Indy, Indianapolis at the Indy 500 as an example, you know, they're on track before the car sometimes comes to a standstill in some of these big impacts. So, um, 
yeah, that's the thing I think needs to be addressed, definitely, because that's just a human response issue rather than a technical issue. Well, for sure, yeah. The man's car is on fire. Now, if he was, uh, say say he was knocked unconscious, right, and, and not able to get himself exactly. out of the car, well, that, that thing is just becoming an inferno. And again, to your point, yeah. I mean, IndyCar really um, has it right when it comes to uh, their safety team and their response team. And, and again, IndyCar has yeah. their own team that travels with them. Now we saw a couple of, uh, uh, bumbles in, in formula one with this as well, where formula one doesn't yep. necessarily travel with their own marshals, but, uh, who, whose car was Marshall, on fire? No. Yeah. Who was that? Whose car was on fire when, when the signs? Yeah. And then the guy came over with the fire extinguisher and then he turned around and sent a fire extinguisher down. I'm like, use that fire extinguisher. Yep. I'm, I'm sitting here yelling at my television set. I'm like, the car is yep. on fire. So, uh, yeah, again, that's definitely something that should be addressed. Uh, you know, mm-hmm. with the money pouring into both NASCAR and Formula One, these kind of things are, are, are inexcusable. And then you've got the IndyCar who's yeah. reali- oh, yeah, realistically IndyCar. running the lowest budgets of uh, any of those series really has yeah. this thing nailed down. And, and uh, yeah. you know, the, you, got, you have to give credit where credit is due. IndyCar has been on the cutting edge. Uh, with safety response, uh, as well as, um, you know, with uh, collection of uh, data on concussion injuries and and all this sort of things, Um, you know, thankful to a couple of really um, skilled uh, and intelligent people they've had in charge of that over the years, you know, Terry Trammell and Steve Olvey and and fellows like that. So, yeah, it's it's, it's definitely concerning, yeah. So while you were sorry, sorry, so I just pulled up the video from the race on Saturday night or Sunday night, and from the car coming to rest, the first Marshall's fire extinguisher on the car was 39 seconds. I mean, Harvick was out of the car in that time. He, you know, he, he jumped over the wall, so he wasn't in any danger. But it still took 39 seconds between um, the car coming to a standstill and the first fire extinguisher being put on the car, which, to my mind, is too long. But again, that's your personal opinion, obviously. But um, yeah, not uh, not great. No, not a good look. And and uh, of all guys you want to have it happen to, you've got one of the most vocal guys there, who was uh, not afraid to speak yep. his mind. And 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 uh, you know, Harvick was also talking about the um, or was it Hamlin talking about the, the hits being harder? Okay, and we've discussed this about the where the hits are not necessarily harder but they just kind of uh, affect the driver's body in a different way that they're not conditioned to. Mm-hmm. And, um, yeah. uh, you know, you got enough drivers making noise about it that it's, it's probably, it's really something that needs to be uh, addressed in some shape or form uh, because uh, you know, Denny Hamlin had to sit out. Well, he didn't have to, but he chose to sit out the Xfinity race that he was going to run as a primer, you know, to the, to the Darlington race because yep. he was, uh, still in a considerable amount of just, you know, achy, you know, aches and pains from, uh, from, from the mm-hmm. lick, he, lick he took in the last race. Yep. So, oh, yeah. uh, and, and again, I don't know what, oh, the, yeah. what, the, what the fix is for that, but, uh, you know, get the fire thing fixed first, <laughs> you know, any, any driver's yeah. biggest fear is fire. Uh, you know, nearly yep. every, every driver will tell you that they'd rather lose an arm or a leg than be burned to death. You know, yep. So, oh, uh, yeah, yeah, but I just, it just, it's just remarkable. Um, 
how quickly that thing went up and it, and it was, you know, right there at the exhaust. So, I mean, you, yeah, no, it was, you, it you was know, disappointing. It, it really was. Yeah. It, you don't, you don't want to see it and it's avoidable, but it's all part of the learning process and, you know, we'll, we'll get there. You know, the, the benefits from this next gen car far outweigh any of these, um, you know, issues that we're seeing right now and, and, and give it some time and they'll, they'll get the ducks in a row as it were. It's just a continuing process developing the car. Uh, and it's been interesting to see um, the car as it's uh, the driver's getting more and more used to it. You know, if you recall some of the early races, uh, some guys had a bit of a tough time with the independent rear suspension, didn't behave as they were and used the shifting, to. Yeah. Yep. Yeah. And the shifting and, you know, they, a couple guys losing it in uh, corners on the road course. But yeah, as the season progressed, they, they've really seemed to, uh, yeah, have figured it out, figured out how to drive the car. Um, so, but, but let's look at the, the title, uh, because obviously, uh, Chase Elliott being the first guy out of the race and finishing last, uh, he's still got enough points to squeak through this round. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Um, but, uh, Larson, not so much. And he finished way back in the yeah, order. No, that I was- think, I think he's still above the, uh, Still above the cut line, which is, uh, uh, you know, 12th, right? So, because we're dropping four guys. The guys below the line are, I believe, uh, Cindric, Dylan, uh, Harvick, and. uh, Yeah, he will be now, yeah. Yep. No, Harvick is uh, 16th. And um, one one other guy. I, it just escaped me who that last who's uh, shoot. I don't, Let me have uh, a look. I'll, yeah, I was gonna say, yeah, uh, it's, it's, I know, it's awesome. Sorry, awesome. Uh, no, it's a Cindric, Dylan, Briscoe, Harvick. Briscoe, 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 another guy that uh ran into a little trouble uh, at Darlington. So, yeah, but um, yeah, yeah I, is the one that's just above that line, right? But at the beginning of the race, it was Joey Logano and um William Byron that came out swinging and had the strongest cars, but at the end of the day. Uh, you know, uh, the the uh, Gibbs cars kind of um, wore those down. So you had Truex and Kyle Busch both being very strong uh, in the second half of the race. Both those guys dropped out with engine problems. And this then, you know, then Eric Jones, credit to him, just holding on to it at the end of the race there with the charging Denny Hamlin behind him to take that win for um, yep. for Richard Petty and the gang. So. Good stuff. So yeah, we're off. No, so we're, no, yeah, we're off. Yep, we're off to Kansas next. We are, yeah. Yep. So, which is, eh, you know, Kansas is really, you know, hard one to call. If I had to, if I had to mm-hmm. pick a winner for Kansas, I'd, I'd pick a Gibbs guy, and I would probably yep. pick Kyle Busch. Um, I don't know you'll abstain. Uh, so uh, yeah, I like so, the call though. I like the pick. Yep. So, but it's gonna be is. <laughs> But it's uh, but it's going to be a good weekend ahead of us. We've got uh, you know, yeah. Kansas, Kansas, Monza, and then the IndyCar finale, uh, where we'll decide a champion, yeah. and then you know, go into hibernation mode till the till the fall or till the spring rather. Um, yep. And then uh, you know, it'll be time to settle those couple of seats there. See what uh, Colton Hurd is going to do. Oliver Askew is trying to get back into the series. Um, a couple other guys. Oh, didn't we that, see uh, Young Cuff. Ian Hollinger have announced they're going to be running a second car. Yes. Car next year. Yes. 
Yes, that's the other news I, I meant to report. Thank you for bringing it up. Yeah, Eagles Hollister is um, going to run a second car next year. Um, Do we know who for yet? Or? Not yet. They just announced it. It's either earlier today or yesterday. They just announced the second car yet. So they'll, I, they may be looking for a pay driver. I don't know. Um, mm-hmm. You figure whoever yeah, so the second driver will be announced at a later date. So there you go. Yeah. Right. So you figure the, you know, whoever the wins Indy lights has some scholarship money they can bring along to the team. So whoever yeah. wins that, which uh, is, is going to be looked at heavily for that ride, certainly. Um, but mm-hmm. uh, they, the Indy lights is supposed to be guaranteed with at least three Indy car starts. Uh, sometimes the Indy light champion gets those three starts. Sometimes they, walk into a full-time ride it just depends on what's open uh at the time and uh yeah. i think uh linus I'm looking at it uh, yeah uh, linus lundquist is uh currently uh the man to beat in indy lights so uh yeah i mean looking at it here they the, the three drivers that i've seen here that are uh oh, sorry two drivers um yeah that I mentioned is, is, is ben pedersen um and also if if the sort of the all the sort of dominoes and cards fall in the right order. It could be Rosenquist that ends up there as well, potentially. Yeah, yeah. Felix is going to be a hot property here if uh, if Palou ends up in that McLaren seat because Felix, yeah. realistically, he can go to McLaren Formula E, but he has in his contract that if they don't put him in an IndyCar, he's free to seek an IndyCar ride. But if he doesn't find an IndyCar yeah. ride, he's, he's welcome to join their Formula E team or or do whatever McLaren may need of him. Yeah, you know, it's a strange it's a situation, isn't it? Strange situation, yeah. But uh, but he has the out in his contract. And again, you figure if Colton Hurd is out of the picture at Andretti, it's the prime seat right there, right? If uh, yeah. Alex Palou is out of the picture at Ganassi, that's a prime seat right there too. And and Felix has, you know, to his credit, come on strong here at the end of the year. He's been putting on some great performances. He doesn't have any wins to show for it but he's been uh he's been fast he's been aggressive he's been great qualifying so uh he's really trying to make his case uh for why he belongs yeah. in this series and i believe he does i, I think felix is oh, yeah. good, good for yeah, the yeah. series yeah so but it's a strange contract situation though isn't it you know it's like well you've got to drive with us but if we find somebody else you don't <laughs> it's uh, it's yeah. a very strange situation yeah but in. uh but smart on felix's agent for putting that in there because felix at the end of the day wants to stay in the indycar series but if that's not possible he wants something to fall back on so he's racing somewhere so it's kind of the best of both both worlds for him you know obviously, oh, yeah. obviously yeah, yeah. the the ideal situation keeps him in that seven car next year but um exactly. you know that's that's all still pending all this litigation and- whoever uh whoever wrote that clause in his contract needs to go and work for alpine for me one team because they obviously need some help in sorting out driver <laughs> contracts certainly certainly so but but that takes us to the end of our hour so i want to thank yep. uh, At- adam strack for coming on i want to thank you richard i want to thank the Hoobazoo radio network i want to thank uh, iHeartRadio, youtube spreaker um and google podcast and but most of all i want to thank you folks for listening to us um we'll be back in a week's time tell you who won the indycar championship until then good night 
Mary redeemed a $50,000 cash prize playing Chumba Casino this year. I was only playing for fun, so winning this was a dream come true. Chumba Casino is America's number one social casino experience. It's serious fun. With over 80 casino-style games to choose from, you too could win life-changing amounts of cash. Be like Mary. Log on to ChumbaCasino.com and give them a whirl. That's ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. Void or prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. The voice in the preceding commercial was not the actual voice of a winner.